0: This episode of Shameless is brought to you by Elite 11, quality activewear that helps you perform at your maximum ability.
1: Hello and welcome to Shameless, the pop culture podcast for smart people who love dumb stuff. You are joined as always by Melbourne writers Michelle Andrews and Zara McDonald. Hello Zara McDonald and hello producer Annabelle Lee. Hi. Hey okay, team, coming up on today's show, the image of Tommy Lee's penis is now forever <laughs> embedded into our brains. Olivia Wilde and Jason Sudeikis's court documents have been leaked to the media are you guilty of the millennial pause? And if you are, what does that mean? Because Michelle will tell you all about it because she is very guilty. Shut <laughs> up. And then Michelle's two cents. Why the hell do influencers keep trying to post on their close friends' Instagram story? Why? But
0: first, <laughs> Michelle, how was your week? It was a good week. I have really nothing to report <laughs> other than I have been devouring Jeanette McCurdy's new memoir. Have yes. we been reading about it? Have we been seeing it everywhere?
1: Well, after you mentioned it at work yesterday, I downloaded the audiobook. I haven't started yet. Because is it true that we can only in Australia get it as an audio or ebook at the moment? Yeah,
0: physical books for some reason hard to come by here at the moment. I think they come out a little later. Yeah, my understanding I think is that they come out next month. Yeah, so I did decide to devour the audiobook on Audible and it has been a very, very interesting, interesting, Interesting read. If you're not familiar, the book is called I'm Glad My Mum Died. And yes, it does discuss a very interesting an abusive dynamic between a mother and a daughter Jeanette McCurdy was a wildly successful child actress she was on a show which I just in my soul Annabelle <laughs> I feel like you would have watched this as a child <laughs> iCarly I came across episodes because I didn't have she all those pay tv, TV yeah. Kid either. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but you would have loved iCarly I, Carly I loved Miranda Cosgrove yes okay Huge fan. <laughs> <laughs> out. well what's we, your favorite curse word <laughs> <laughs> probably fuck <laughs> well Jeanette McCurdy is Miranda Cosgrove's co-star on the that show and this is her story about her life how she got into the entertainment industry so young how her mum encouraged some really disgraceful things in her. Like her mum encouraged her eating disorder, wanted her to have an eating disorder. So obviously it touches on some themes that you should be mindful of if you want to dive into this book, but I have flown through it. I think two days in, I'm on chapter 43. So that should give you an indication as to how much I have been obsessed with this. I cannot wait to listen to this because I need a good audiobook in my life. Mm. I love having a good audiobook that
1: kind of fills the space when you need it to. I heard as well, I mean I've read a lot of articles about this which I feel like may have spoiled the book but that there is a lot that she talks about
0: as well about Ariana Grande. Yes, Yes. the stuff about Ariana Grande, the stuff about Miranda Cosgrove, I'll have you know Annabelle, is delightful. Amazing, I never doubted her. (laughs) Miranda sounds like a gem. The issue is Ariana Grande does not always sound like a gem. Obviously there are three sides to a story, hers, Ariana's and the truth. But yeah, Jeanette does not have many kind things to say about Ariana Grande. Wow. I mean, that does make me want to it even more. <laughs> but that is only like, I swear to God, maybe not even 0.5% of this book. Yeah, like, okay. It's really just peppered through. I think Jeanette McCurdy would have known if she just kind of put it in there, it would make some headlines and get some good publicity. But the rest of the book is... Fascinating as well. Okay, I can't wait to read it. I'll give you a little review next week. Thank you so much. What about you? How was your week?
1: Good. I went to the movies
0: on the weekend. I saw oh, where the crawdads no. sing. No, no, it was all right. It wasn't so bad. It <laughs> was. the, the reason I had a visceral reaction to that is because I obviously hyped up where the crawdads sing yes. on this show a fortnight ago. I said that the negative reviews were lies and that you should go see where the crawdads sing, because I thought it was incredible. I know for a fact that you saw it and your radio silence about your thoughts means that you did not like (laughs) it. Well, I went with my mum, my sister
1: and my brother's girlfriend and my mum did buy my ticket. So I am very conscious of, you know, when (laughs) someone takes you out for an experience, you're not then going to go on your Uh -uh. podcast and shit on that experience. I had the best time. It was so lovely.
0: What a film. The
1: movie itself, I thought, you know, had some good parts. It had some parts that could be better. Um, What would you give it out of ten? Oh. Go on. The thing was, I just – the storyline for me, I was – and you made a good point when we were talking about this. I was a bit bored and you were like, well, it's probably good you didn't read the book because you probably would have been bored.
0: Yeah, it's one of my favourite books of all time and when I read reviews on it, a lot of people love it. A lot of people don't get the hype and their main criticism is it's boring. As a lover of the book, I thought the movie yeah, did it justice. For sure, and I think that's really
1: important when, you, when you're talking <laughs> about an adaptation. It was just funny because I was sitting next to Mum in the cinema – And she too had read the book, right? And I realised when you are watching a movie with someone who already knows the plot, there's actually nothing more annoying than the smugness of somebody who knows what's going to happen. So there'd be a massive twist and mum would sit there with her arms folded and go mm-hmm <laughs> and I'm like ah, fuck off we get that you read the book that's like, what I thought <laughs> I, I knew it and it's like yeah because you read it and she had this sorry mum. <laughs> I'm really going to down today it just reminded me as well because Mish you came into the office yesterday as well and had this exchange with your mum where you were like gosh parents still managed to make you feel like a teenager even at this age
0: love you Vicky as well she it was beautiful. nothing major it was a small mistake I just said sometimes I feel like I'm 13 when mum does something goofy yes exactly and that <laughs> That's what happened
1: in the movies. Mum had decided to buy, you know, you go to the movie mini bar and, you know, most people will buy popcorn, choc tops. Mum was like, Well, I'm going to get a fruit box. And I was like, well, was, Do you mean like a box of fruit? And she meant, No, you know, remember one of those things you had in grade two, the,
0: the juice boxes? Oh, like a sandboy? No? No, like. Like a Just Juice little box of juice. She got a Just Juice box.
1: <laughs> yes, and then oh. in the cinema, every time she took a sip, slurped. it slurped <laughs> so loudly. And I, I was like, this. oh my God, please stop. <laughs> and I was like, how am I 28? And like blushing at something my mother is doing in public. My sister was beautiful about it. She kept encouraging mum to do it more because she thought it was
0: funny. And I was still there mortified. Were you mortified that other people in the cinema would turn around and look? Or were you just like mortified for yourself? I think mortified for myself. Like, there's something about mums that no matter what, like no matter how old I get, my mum will still have the same effect on me. My mum also does that. If we watch a TV show that my mum has watched, she wants to watch it with me. Yeah, to watch <laughs> she to you watch, watch it. it. And then she just looks at me the entire time and I feel all this pressure on my expression <laughs> to be like, am I communicating like the surprise and delight that my mum needs me to communicate? What a twist. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, mum. <laughs> anyway, we should say that the office generally do love our mums more than they oh. love us, so... Mate, Vicky and Trish, are like human treasures. So... Shout out to you both. Wait, in it. We've come for you a little bit, but you are generally like the best people in the world. So even
1: if we occasionally feel 13 or 14 in your presence, I do have a recommendation for you as well. It is actually a documentary. It is not new. It's actually been around, I think, for the last year or so. It is Roadrunner. It is about the life and death of Anthony Bourdain. Ooh, have you guys watched it? No. I loved it. Like, I really loved it. Loved it. I think that if you weren't like a massive Anthony Bourdain fan, this is a really good thing to watch to get a real sense of what his career looked like and how he sort of blew up Mm. and what that did to his personal life, his personality, his obsession with work, all of those kinds of things. And it is one of those eerie experiences where you're watching somebody's life tracked through film because of course he was on camera so often it was a pretty easy documentary for them to put together there Mm -hmm. is that sense of foreboding when you hear some of the things he used to say so in that sense it is dark of course, because he dies. But what an incredible life he had. What an incredible career. Mm. I just, I really loved it.
0: Oh, that sounds beautiful. So where can I get that? I think at Amazon Prime,
1: we watched it or Prime Video. And I think you can buy it on Apple as well and a bunch of other places.
0: Right. And how long is it? Is it super long? No, or is it about an hour and a half, two hours. Oh, so not, not crazy long. Great for our TikTok brains. Yes, exactly. <laughs>
1: Let's jump into the opening segment of the show because of course, we have to start with Tommy Lee's Ping. His ding dong. Yeah. His
0: phallic member. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, do I have any other words? I'm like, actually no. <laughs> Tommy Jr. <laughs> yeah. Tommy Jr., nice. actually Tommy
1: Senior. Anyway. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Sorry, mum.
0: <laughs> yeah, mum's about a real <laughs> a real trying start to the episode this week. So, if you missed this story this week, we're pretty jealous of you, right, Mish? Oh, mate, I wish I did not have Tommy Lee's penis ingrained in my brain forevermore. But yes, his full-on penis was shared on Instagram late last week. And we're not talking about, like, something that was kind of sexual or kind of suggestive. We're talking about, like, full-on penis penis. In the camera, a lot of flesh, no filters, no emojis, no artistic shadow to cover it up. Just a straight up penis with the caption, oops. Yeah, I
1: think what's weirder about this is I jumped on this story really slow. I'd seen sort of like people talking about Tommy Lee and photos and things like that throughout the day but I, I'm i not particularly interested in him that much, so I just didn't really listen. And then four <laughs> hours later, Michelle messaged me saying, Tommy Lee's penis is still on Instagram. And I was like, okay, well, that's the story. So I went and checked it, and I was like, how is this image up – Four hours later the comments were wild people were losing it his wife
0: commented saying oh my god in capital letters (laughs) like I was so shocked yeah I was shocked too because we had headlines about this within like maybe half an hour or an hour of the penis photo going live and then hours later it was still up and everyone was still talking about it it was one of those moments where it's like is anyone at Meta slash Facebook slash Instagram awake. Like what is the Instagram (laughs) moderation team doing? Now, if you're confused, if you haven't listened to our Scandal series – Tommy Lee is the ex-husband of Pamela Anderson. He was a big deal in the 80s and 90s. He's basically known for being a member of the band Motley Crue. He's basically this outlandish rock and roll personality. It's also not the first time we've seen his penis. He did do that sex tape with Pamela Anderson. So I feel like some of our older listeners will be like, girls, I was jealous that you guys were born in 1994 and didn't already know what Tommy Lee's penis looks like. He's also, we should say, someone with a pretty checkered history. He's been jailed for domestic violence. He's been accused of racism multiple times and has a pretty awful history when it comes to having brushes with the law. So a funny slash bizarre slash confusing story, but one where we do need to include Tommy Lee's history.
1: Of course. And I think to give a bit of context, like we've had memes removed from our account within like 15 minutes Um, and and there was no nudity.
0: We've been shadow banned for a meme about E.T. Yeah, but you did say that E.T. should be hit by a car. No. Oh, no. I put up a rogue meme, which is kind of our vibe on Instagram at the moment, which was just saying if I saw E.T. driving down the road, I might hit it with my car. Yeah, (laughs) so exactly what I said. Which, to be honest, I do kind of stand. It only works because E.T.'s not real. <laughs> that's, okay, it. that's taken down in 15 minutes. Yeah. We have an account with a hundred and something thousand followers – Tommy Lee's over here with millions of followers and his full-blown penis is up for four hours. And this was making news for hours as yeah. well before it was taken down. And I think
1: when we were having this conversation, to be like, what is going on? You turned to me, Mish, and you were like, the only explanation I can possibly think of is the fact that Instagram want people to talk about Instagram. Yes. Surely that's the only reason.
0: Well, I was thinking about this. I imagine Meta or Facebook or Instagram – have some kind of policy that moderate whatever you like. If it goes against our community guidelines, take a post down. Who gives a fuck what Shameless Podcast is doing? Yeah. But if a celebrity posts something, I think it goes up the escalation chain automatically. If it's a public figure that has posted something edgy, I don't think your day-to-day moderator is dealing with that. I think they're escalating that up the chain to maybe someone higher up at Facebook. So I wonder if this was escalated and then those higher ups kind of sat on it For a little while, because, hey, in an era where the big boss at Instagram, Adam Masseri, is saying, we've kind of failed here. People are turning to TikTok. We need to try and keep up. In a world where TikTok is making headlines every bloody day when it comes to celebrities, we've seen, oh, God, Doja Cat, Noah Schnapp, a whole bunch of celebrity headlines come out of TikTok. Would it surprise me if Instagram left this photo up for a little longer, like maybe an extra few hours than they typically would so they could get some publicity and get some eyeballs on their app? No, that wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, and I think it is very interesting in the context of Free the Nipple being a conversation from about seven years Mm. ago.
1: Remember those conversations from like twenty. 14, about how women can't even don a nipple without things being taken down. Truthfully, a lot of women can't even wear bikinis, have their bodies on show without that stuff being taken down by Instagram. And that was very rightly pointed out this week. The absolute double standard between having this photo kept up for so many hours and so many other really innocuous things, particularly by women, taken down in a heartbeat.
0: Yeah, I mean, you can't, there was a time, a long time on Instagram, you couldn't even breastfeed a child and take a photo of it and put it up on the app. They would consider that to be nudity or in some way inappropriate for the platform so there absolutely is a double standard i enjoyed a tweet by journalist lola mendez about this she wrote so tommy lee can post a picture of his penis on instagram that's still up three hours later but a picture of my curvy booty in a thong bikini gets taken down cool cool like women can't wear revealing swimwear and they (laughs) get moderated but tommy lee's full-blown phallic whatever is fine do you think
1: it worked though like if Instagram was sitting around and said, you know what, let's just leave it up because people are talking about us. In in some ways, I think... It worked. There is like a relevance that comes with any form of publicity about your social platform, mm-hmm. and I do think when something this big—no, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just joking—when <laughs> uh, this something like this is happening on a social media platform like Instagram and not TikTok, I actually do think it's worth it for them. Yeah. As bad as
0: that sounds, it'll be interesting to poll the listeners in your say Friday tomorrow to ask: Did you go to Instagram after reading about this in the news? Did this actually prompt you to open the app after? A friend texted you about it or did it completely pass you by it made me run to the photo and then send it to you and then send it to all of my friends to be like what the fuck's going on so I think it probably absolutely did work and I think Instagram is just trying to avoid giving any quotes about it the LA Times reached out to them for clarification and they chose not to reply so I think they're probably just twiddling their thumbs pretty happy with what came about last week
1: Coming up after the break, Olivia Wilde and Jason Sudeikis's court documents have been leaked to the media and what in the world is the millennial pause? But first, a word from today's sponsor. Mish, you and I have been working with Elite 11 for most of 2022, and to say we're impressed is an understatement. Elite 11 has
0: quickly become one of our absolute go-tos. Yeah, exactly right. Elite 11 is a truly original sports and lifestyle brand where fitness and fashion collide. They not only have a variety of styles to choose from, but their quality activewear also allows you to perform at your maximum ability. Yeah, Elite 11 has become a staple for both of us in recent months. While activewear
1: is Elite 11's bread and butter, they also offer some serious... Comfy Loungewear, which I lived in during these colder months. Their products are offered in sizes up to 3XL.
0: Yeah, if you want to learn a little bit more about Elite 11, you can download the app for early access, browsing, secure checkout and exclusive discounts, which makes for a great user experience. You can also
1: create wish lists for a personalised collection that allows you to save any products you may like for the
0: future, which I personally find super helpful. If you find something you like and want to try Elite 11 out for yourself, they have a 10% discount for you all. Use the code SHAMELESS10, that is SHAMELESS10, for 10% off your next purchase. That is the code
1: SHAMELESS10, yep, SHAMELESS10, for 10% off. It can be pretty tricky to find activewear that is quality sometimes, but let us tell you, Elite 11 is absolutely worth the hype.
0: Thank you so much to Elite 11 for making this episode of Shameless possible. And now it's time for the quick and dirty. As always, we're bringing you the top five stories from the rough and tumble of the celebrity and pop culture news cycle. We haven't done the middle name thing in a while. (laughs) Yeah. I'll keep it basic. Zara Ellis with an E, McDonald's. Back (laughs) to our roots. Back to our roots. What have you got for us?
1: My first story, Addison Rae unfollowed her mum on Instagram amid ongoing family drama. That is from Cosmopolitan. Gosh, still a lot going on in the Addison Ray family drama space, hey? Yeah,
0: well we spoke about this a couple of weeks ago, how Addison Ray had to watch her family capitulate in real time via social media. We know that there were plenty of cheating allegations levelled at her dad, Monty. Young girls were coming out saying that he was hitting on them, groping them, chatting them up at bars and clubs around the US, which prompted Addison and her mother Sherry to unfollow Addison's yeah. dad. Yeah, it was a very
1: public signal to the world, I think, when her and Sherry did that, that they were kind of like on the same team mm-hmm. and were like not impressed and did not condone the allegations that were leveled at their dad or Sherry's estranged husband so in response to all of this Addison tweeted saying she was having a pretty rough time about it all she said I've really been struggling to post and get out and do things but I love you all and you mean so much more to me than I can ever express my life is forever changed thanks to all the people who decided to care about me and support me I love you all life is weird but worth it now it's come about that Addison has actually unfollowed her mother too. So when TikTok Room, an account on Instagram, screenshotted the fact that Addison had unfollowed Sherry or wasn't following Sherry anymore, Sherry actually commented on the post and wrote heart-wrenching with a sad face.
0: Yeah, so TikTok Room is kind of like the demoiselle of TikTok influencers. Yeah. Like it's an anonymous gossip account purely dedicated to like the drama between TikTok influencers, which makes it super weird that Sherry would comment on this because truthfully, the demographic that would follow TikTok Room would have to be 14 to 18 year olds max. Yeah, Yeah, 100%. I think it's just
1: strange when you see people being very candid and open about their real-time drama, especially between a mother and a daughter. It wasn't just that she did that, though. She also posted a series of tweets in the wake of this making news, writing, in one tweet, I didn't deserve that. In another, she wrote, cried my heart out to you and that's what I get. And she also wrote, parents endure so much pain, especially when they've only ever wanted good for their children, sending love to any and all mums who struggle.
0: Very strange. And I mean, it makes me think back to that segment we did last week where we spoke about Kevin Federline and all of the parents involved in Brittany and Kevin's children's lives. If I was on bad terms with my mum and say I did do something like unfollow her on Instagram, if she then chose to make that public or speak about that publicly, I would be so discombobulated. Like that is such a non-adult thing to do. Yes, I agree with you.
1: And I think what a lot of people have said in the wake of this is, well, it- kind of makes sense why well, you'd unfollow your parent if your parent is the kind of person that would talk about you doing that publicly. Yes. I think I'm also intrigued by this sort of action of unfollowing because if I was annoyed at my parents and you didn't want to see their content, just mute them. Like yeah. then the world will know that something's going on. So in some ways I feel like they do want the whole world to know this.
0: Yeah. But then if Addison, if that's the case that Addison was like, well, I'm going to do something petty and immature and block my mom or unfollow my mom. I'd still give her a green light. Addison's only so young. She's in her very early 20s. So like – For Addison to do that, I'm like, okay, I'd probably do the same thing at 21 or 20 or whatever. For Sherry Easterling (laughs) to do this, I'm like, come on. You're her mother. Like, this is the time when you're supposed to be the bigger person. You're supposed to be mature about this. You're supposed to want to fix things with your daughter. And protect her. Why the fuck are you commenting on at TikTok room on Instagram? (laughs) A lot of people are wondering what the
1: hell might have gone on here for these two to have such a united front and then suddenly Addison to be unfollowing her. Recently, Monty Lopez the dad made this really bizarre TikTok calling out rapper Young Gravy for hitting on his estranged wife, Sherry, and even challenging him to a boxing match. He has since made nine videos referencing Young Gravy or this boxing match. It's like a little bit unhinged how often he's posting about it. And he did it, as I said, because Young Gravy said, publicly that he was kind of interested in Sherry that he'd like to take Sherry on a date he went on the BFFs podcast and talked about it even more and said she's recently single we're going on a date soon Sherry has also lent into it all posting multiple videos addressing his interest and in fairness to Sherry in most of these videos I'm like I I kind of feel like she's just joking around and leaning into it for the sake of like the big gag. But I wonder if this is what Addison is dealing with, to be like, both my parents are just embarrassing me right now. Yeah. And if you thought a, a slurpy juice box or a little goofy <laughs> moment from your mum <laughs> <were, laughs> was embarrassing, this stuff would be embarrassing at 21.
0: Yeah, well, it does seem as an outside observer that both of Addison Ray's parents are desperate to become famous themselves, which yes. is giving such strong stage mum and stage dad energy it's really off-putting and clearly they can't handle themselves in the way that you would expect of people in their 30s 40s or I don't know how old Monty Lopez is <laughs> you just gave us three different decades <laughs> All their 50s. I'm sure somewhere in there <laughs> I feel like the cutoff for behavior like this is truly 25 like I don't have much time oh, for it yeah. if you're not oh, 25 so I've anymore. got room there <laughs> Annabelle's got like a few months left yeah. where she can pull this shit but something big must have happened Addison and Sherry made their mother-daughter bond their brand they had a podcast with Spotify they were doing brands deals together like they were very much pushing this idea that they were a very close-knit mother and daughter team so for Addison to go so far as completely sever that publicly tells me that there's probably something even more drastic than the young gravy stuff I'm not sure if that joke is enough at the moment to justify this huge falling out
1: yeah maybe you're right my second story Nicola Peltz-Beckham has finally addressed those Victoria Beckham feud rumors That is from Elle and goodness if you've listened to Shameless recently you will probably already be decently across the rumours that Victoria Beckham and Nicola Peltz-Beckham some way somehow do not get along.
0: Yeah so essentially a bunch of sources close to both women spoke to tabloids earlier this year. I think it all really kicked off around May saying that they hate each other, that Nicola Peltz-Beckham spent half of her wedding in tears, that the Beckham's didn't have a good enough table (laughs) at the wedding which sounds funny like on the surface but now that I have experience in the wedding thing kind of checks out. People read a lot into where they're sitting and what that means. Yes because the people doing the seating plan also read a lot into it. Well some do. do. I I mean some would just go well let's just group people with who they know. Someone like
1: Nicola Peltz Beckham I imagine is a Being very careful about where she's placing people.
0: Well, her billionaire family did get apparently the prime posse at the wedding with none of the Beckhams seated with them. Then we had the rumours that Victoria Beckham and David Beckham weren't too keen on the idea that their son Brooklyn was going to double barrel his surname and add pelts into it. They wanted Nicola apparently to change her name. Again, unconfirmed, but it was reported. There has also been some interesting social media activity that has made people raise their eyebrows. It's all generally... Very smoky gossip. Yeah, my
1: favourite brand of gossip, the smoky kind. So the rumours have run so rampant that Nicola actually had to address them head on in an interview with Variety magazine. Now, the funny part about this is it was actually a profile Variety did of Brooklyn Beckham, and she just gave some quotes over the phone. If you haven't read this profile, I will put a link – well, Annabelle will put a link in our show notes because I think this is one of the most thinly veiled profiles I've read in a long time. I think there is – small elements of snark to it, but it's so subtle you have to go looking. So if you're interested in that, go read it. But Nicola gave these quotes over the phone and actually, as we said, acknowledged the feud. She said she thought the rumors about them not getting along came down to the wedding dress.
0: Yeah, she said it all began when she decided not to wear a wedding dress designed by her mother in law, when plenty of her high profile guests, including Victoria Beckham herself, were going to wear a VB design Nicola ended up wearing a range of other like couture designers she wore Valentino Versace and Dior now on this she gave this quote to Variety magazine I was going to wear a Victoria Beckham design and I really wanted to and then a few months down the line she realized that her atelier couldn't do it so then I had to pick another dress That makes me sound like there is a bigger feud going on here than I even thought the first time. (laughs) This is so weird. Like, Even – she gives a follow-up quote, which I'll give. She didn't say you can't wear it. I didn't say I didn't want to wear it. That's where it started and then they ran with that. Now, if Nicola Peltzbeckham is listening, if you are trying to dispel rumours that there's anything going on with you and your mother-in-law (laughs) – That is not the way to do it. Do not bring the wedding dress into it. I didn't even read about the wedding dress once. I also didn't realise at the time that she wasn't wearing Victoria Beckham.
1: And now I'm like, well, that's pretty fucking weird that she didn't wear any form of Victoria Beckham. Like you've planted the seed. Also, the quote is not emphatic enough for me. I didn't say I didn't want to wear it. She didn't say you can't wear it. There's no like Victoria's been a massive support to me. I love (laughs) what she's done with fashion. I was devastated we couldn't get something off the ground. I am like, it is kind of weird that you had agreed to wear the dress and somewhere along the line that's fallen over like this has made me think more about the feud than ever brooklyn beckham himself didn't help the cause he said when he was asked about it i've learned the media are always going to try and write stuff like that they are always going to try and put people down but everyone gets
0: along which is good (laughs) everyone gets along which is good If there is no feud, if this is not smoky gossip... They have the worst PR team in history. Oh, my God. Like, you need to get on to these interviews and say oh my god, we can't believe what we've been reading. We just came from Victoria and David's house and I have such a beautiful connection with her and what a beautiful mother-in-law and what an inspiration and isn't she amazing? You don't get on and say, oh well this wedding dress thing happened. Maybe that's where the rumours started. (laughs) Maybe because I leaked them. (laughs) Now on
1: the same day that the article went live and again I know you all think we probably read into things a little too much but Riddle me this. Nicola (laughs) posted on her Instagram stories that Brooklyn had gotten the word pelt tattooed across his chest, writing, I
0: am so happy you are pelts. (sighs) Why would you do that the same day as the article? Like, okay, you know the article's coming out. You know it's the first time you've like head on addressed the rumors that you hate your mother in law. Why are you then taking to your Instagram stories, snapping a photo of your husband with your surname tattooed across his chest? and saying, I'm so happy you're a pelts. Like, it just is so pointy there's something pointy about the way that Nicola Peltz has dealt with this yes and there's something incredibly
1: territorial about how they are about their family dynasties and the names associated with both of those I find it bizarre how much emphasis there are on a Peltz a Beckham I'm like can everyone chill it's just a name my favorite part of this interview as well that I do have to squeeze in here before we roll out is big props to Brooklyn for inventing double barreled names because this is what (laughs) he said in the interview oh my god we had this idea Dear. we kind of combined our last names I was just like oh we could start a new thing and it will be so cool
0: to have our own kids and have little pelts Beckhams running around it's so funny because when it was announced that these two were becoming the pelts Beckhams we all sat on this show and were like what a feminist moment like how great <laughs> that he's decided to do this it's so refreshing how yes. lovely for them as a really high profile couple to blend their names But reading this profile and looking at all of the stuff that has come out since, I think it's quite clear that, number one, Brooklyn thought that he invented this. Brooklyn (laughs) thought he was doing something completely new and groundbreaking. But also, he thought he was doing it for branding. He wasn't doing this for, like, equality with his wife for her to carry her name through. It does sound like this was done for brand Brooklyn and brand Nicola. Yeah, well, I said to you as we were sitting reading this profile yesterday in the office,
1: I don't know who is behind the nicola brooklyn let's make them the first lady and what is it first male the prince the prince and princess of the world because they're not that famous but I don't know how we're suddenly talking about them so much (laughs) so them double barreling their names to become their own entity is actually one of the smartest branding moves they could do separates them both from their families but also keeps the dynasty thing still rolling but I'm like hang on who decided these two were going to be it because suddenly they are
0: yeah and suddenly we fell for it real hard and this (laughs) is like maybe the 10th time (laughs) that I didn't know she was three months ago so there you go
1: (laughs) my third story exclusive his actions were clearly meant to threaten me. Olivia Wilde says Jason Sudeikis chose to serve her custody papers in most aggressive way possible after she said she would relocate their kids to London where boyfriend Harry Styles lives.
0: That's from the Daily Mail. I feel like this episode is full of juicy follow-ups on stories that have been simmering away all year. And this might be the juiciest follow-up we have yet. Late last week, the Daily Mail published court filings that they somehow got their hands on. Would love to know who leaked this to them. But these documents were all about the legal dispute between Olivia Wilde and Jason Sudeikis. Now, these two were engaged for many years. They were together for almost a decade. They also have two children together and things are perhaps even more acrimonious than we first thought.
1: Yeah so it turns out that in the middle of last week Olivia actually won a custody battle against Jason Sudeikis. Now essentially he was trying to argue that the children's primary residence is in New York. She was trying to argue that it was in California. A judge sided with her. Mm. Now that these court documents have been made public we know what's kind of been going on between them. Apparently things turned particularly frosty in April when their co-parenting relationship broke down, now that times very neatly with those massive headlines we saw and those awkward photos of her being served court documents while she was on stage at CinemaCon in front of four thousand people.
0: Yeah, and interestingly, Olivia directly addressed that incident in these court documents. She called the stunt an outrageous legal tactic, adding, "Jason's actions were clearly intended to threaten me and catch me off guard." He could have served me discreetly, but instead he chose to serve me in the most aggressive manner possible. She went on, the fact that Jason would embarrass me professionally and put our personal conflict on public display in this manner is extremely contrary to our children's best interests. Since Jason has made it clear that he will not be able to work this out for our children's sake outside of the court system, I filed a petition for custody in Los Angeles.
1: For his part, court filings show that Jason is worried that Olivia Uh, has plans to move to London in 2023 to live with Harry Styles permanently which would then deprive him of time with his children which is uh, I mean a justified worry for sure. Totally. His filing said in reference to her disdain about how those documents were served I did not want service to take place at the home of Olivia's current partner because Otis and Daisy might be present I did not want service to take place at the children's school because parents might be present. Now as my sister messaged me when we read this, she said, I do not pick up what Ted Lysa was putting down. <laughs> <laughs> Look, it's not the greatest excuse in, in the world, is it?
0: This story has shown me, as stories do on this podcast, that Jason Sudeikis is firmly in my past yes. basket because somehow my brain Try to find a way that that makes sense. That, oh, of course, you don't want the kids to be around and you don't want school parents to be around, but 4,000 people looking on at Comic-Con with a bunch of photographers that then put it in the Daily Mail, that's good. Yeah, your kids are still able to read the news. Now, Jason claims
1: that he requested the team delivering the paperwork to do so at Heathrow Airport and wasn't aware that they would serve her in a really public way. An attempt was made to serve Olivia at her hotel in Las Vegas, but after that failed... He says the company took matters into their own hands. I mean, that's also not outside the realm of possibility. I lack like, Jason today when you're serving papers, you just got to find the person and give them. But this, this is like this was unlike anything we've ever seen. Yeah, they could have waited till she walked off stage. Like yeah, they to knew it where mid she, well, they, presentation, they just needed to find her and make sure that she stayed where she was going to stay. But they could have waited. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. So anyway, it's very, very, very messy. Like this. This development during the week really made me go back and be like, okay, what is the timeline here? Like, can we get a quick refresher? Because a lot of people are saying there was an affair going on between Olivia Wilde and Harry Styles, but I haven't actually added up the months. So that's exactly what I did. In September 2020, it was announced that Harry Styles was starring in Olivia Wilde's new film, Don't Worry Darling. Two months after that, Olivia Wilde and Jason Sudeikis called off their engagement. Olivia and Harry were papped together for the first time in January two months after that. Yeah, it was quick. We know it was quick. It was quick and I've been raising an eyebrow or two. In a profile with GQ that year, Jason Sudeikis admitted that Olivia left him and he didn't know why. He said, I'll have a better understanding of why in a year, an even better one in two and an even greater one in five. Does that mean he's indicating like, I am waiting to see what happens here, but I my hunch is that she cheated on me or left me for Harry Styles.
1: No, I read that completely differently. I mean, the timeline's tight. I don't think anyone can deny that. I also think there is room here for someone just leaving a partner for somebody else. Like that can happen. I do think when it comes to these quotes with Jason Sudeikis, that reads very much like to me. I'll have a better understanding of why we fell apart
0: or why she left me in a few years. Mm. That's how that reads to me. That to me it read as she intentionally left me in the dark. And I will be piecing together what happened over the coming. I think I year don't think. It, I mean, I think that would be a manipulative quote. If so,
1: but I think for me it reads more like as anyone who's been through a breakup to be like, I'll have a better understanding of why this ended and with why why they left me with hindsight. Okay, I think it can be as simple as that. Now, when it comes to Florence Pugh and this whole dynamic, we have to quickly have an aside for Florence because yesterday it was announced through a profile in Harper's Bazaar she announced
0: it herself that her and Zach Braff had split. Some of us may or may not have known that already. <laughs> um. I literally turned to you in the office a few weeks ago and went, Florence Pugh's with Zach Braff, right? And you looked at me and you went, mm. I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> well, wasn't
1: I right? No, wait, there's no there's no joy in that. I actually quite liked them together. But she did this profile with Harper's Bazaar saying that her and Zach had actually quietly split at the start of the year. It's now August. So they did an incredible job at keeping it under wraps. She said, we've been trying to do this separation without the world knowing because it's been a relationship that everybody has an opinion on. We just felt something like this would really do us the benefit of not having millions of people telling us how happy they are that we're not together. So So we've done that I automatically get a lumpy throat when I talk about it that made me sad how many people made them feel terrible for that relationship that they they really needed to do the split privately so they didn't have like the I told you so's in their ear Mm. now the reason that of course these two are relevant in this story is one thing we didn't mention in the last episode is of course is quite close with Jason Sudeikis. He directed some Ted Lasso episodes. Some people have
0: suggested maybe that's
1: where the rumours of tension between her, Harry Styles and Olivia Wilde have come from.
0: Yeah, we've ended up with many players in this story. It's tricky to wrap your head around, but it does seem like that's a pretty compelling argument that if Florence Pugh and Zach Braff were together for quite a long time, Florence Pugh's loyalties lie to her partner. Her partner's very close friends with Jason Sudeikis. Meanwhile, she's working with Olivia Wilde and Harry Styles. Florence Pugh is the definition of stuck in the middle of that situation. What's interesting when it comes to Don't Worry Darling, which is going to premiere very soon now, this story will keep kind of re-energising over the coming weeks, is Florence Pugh did finally post about Don't yes. Worry Darling on her Instagram as well. In fact, the day after the headlines about Olivia Wilde and Jason Sudeikis and this messy, messy court battle came out, she did share a version of the trailer to her feed. I wonder if that was PR people behind Don't Worry Darling or maybe lawyers behind the contract that Florence Pugh would signed saying, now is the time that you need to really get behind this film because things are getting completely fucked. I think they in the are media. people for sure. Yeah. I mean, the timing of all of this, even though some of these stories have been pretty terrible,
1: is perfect for the film. And that's why there are so many conspiracy theories around about the fact that Olivia Wilde and Harry Styles' relationship isn't legit, and all of those kinds of things, which I do think sit firmly in the conspiracy theory basket. But there is so much hype about this film, and it's only a couple of weeks
0: till Venice. I'm just like We can't stop talking about it it's going to be hard for the film to i don't know satiate this hunger that people now have for it because the hype is high the pr machine has been in overdrive with all of the different stories concerning the main stars the main director the creator I don't know how it's going to live up to that, really. Yeah, we're going to have to see. My fourth story.
1: Adele admits she's obsessed with boyfriend Rich Paul. I have never been in love like this. That is from Harper's Bazaar. So Adele has done another profile, this time with Elle magazine, to mark the near opening of her Las Vegas residency. Of course, our listeners might remember that she had to postpone that
0: residency in January. caused lots of drama, but she's back and ready. Yeah, this is a quick one, guys. Basically, in the piece, she spoke really candidly about her personal life, particularly her relationship with NBA player agent Rich Paul, known to this podcast and its listeners as Rich Rich Paul. Yes, Rich Rich Paul, who she's been with since
1: 2021. Now, when journalist Emma Carmichael was talking to Adele about being in love and falling madly in love with Rich, she said this... Beyond, as in fell beyond madly in love. I've never been in love like this. I am obsessed with him. Emma Carmichael then wrote this in follow-up. When I ask if she wants to get married again, she says, yes, absolutely. And when I push further to check if she's engaged, she offers the most expert and, as is her style, cheekiest non-answer I've ever encountered. Well, 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 (laughs) I'm not married, she says and starts to laugh. I'm not married. We sit with that for a beat and then I try again. So, are you engaged? (laughs) I'm not married. I'm not married. She says again and takes a big gulp of coffee before singing, I'm just in love. (laughs) I'm as happy as I'll ever be. I might as well be married. In another conversation soon after, she is more straightforward. I'm not engaged. I just love high-end jewellery, (laughs) boy.
0: I just love high-end jewelry boy. (laughs) I'm like, she probably is engaged, hey? Oh, absolutely. She also gave this quote. She said, I definitely want more kids. I'm a homemaker and I'm a matriarch and a stable life helps me with my music. I love these quotes. I've gotta say though, every time someone gives a quote that says I've never been in love <laughs> like this. My my heart and soul does really fly onto the last ex that they had publicly. Yeah. Like she was in a marriage that did give her a son and it would kind of sting to be the ex-husband who has to read I've never been in love like this from his ex-wife, knowing that she left him as well.
1: Yeah, I think we have a particular bee in our bonnet about this, but I think it's fair. I cannot stand when I see people get engaged for at the second time, particularly people that have been married, and they say, I've never known <laughs> love like this. And it's like, that can be true Absolutely. in your heart of hearts. Yep. Did we need to know that? Did your ex who might be looking at this need to know that? It
0: feels like such slap. It feels like a pointed jab at a time when no jabs are required (laughs) we're so happy that you're happy i also fully accept like you zara if you feel that way that's totally valid i'm sure you are more in love than you've ever been does the world (laughs) and your ex need to know that particularly when we know who the ex is just say I'm really happy. I'm so in love. How great is love? Yeah, I think that's probably
1: fair. I think the other thing that I couldn't stop thinking when I was reading this piece is I found these quotes fascinating from someone like Adele who spends years out of the limelight because she feels basically allergic to it. Like she hates Mm. the public eye. And profiles like this, particularly quotes like this, Invite chatter. They invite people to talk about you. They invite people to really want to know more about you and Rich Paul. And I do wonder if that is the influence of Rich Paul in her life, who has navigated managing LeBron James, one of the most famous people in the world, one of the most famous athletes in the world, and has taught her that you can give some parts of yourself to the world without giving. All of it? There was this line in the piece that made me think about that. She says he makes her feel safe and encourages her to live her guarded life more freely.
0: Aww. So I liked that fact anyway. I like it too. I'm happy she's happy. She just doesn't have to say she's the happiest <laughs> she's ever been. My fifth and final story. Why are people talking about the millennial pause? That is from Junkie. Yeah, in case you missed it, this week a journalist called Kate Lindsay wrote a piece in The Atlantic that had the headline, Are You Sure You're Not Guilty of the millennial pause. The stand first read, The first generation to grow up with social media, millennials are now becoming the first generation to age out of it. Ouch.
1: <laughs> yeah. Now, the millennial pause, according to Kate Lindsay, was coined as a term last year by a 28 year old TikToker and YouTuber by the username of Nissy Pisser. Now, at the time, she wrote about how even Taylor Swift couldn't <laughs> avoid the cringy pause in her videos. In that caption, she wrote, God, will she ever stop being so relatable? So you're likely listening to this wondering, well, what the fuck is this millennial pause? Uh -uh. The millennial pause is the split second that millennials take before they start talking in a video. So Kate Lindsay said it's like a technological hangover we had from tech we used to have where videos wouldn't film automatically. So apparently Uh. when we film a video, we have like this And then we go. It is so embarrassing. So Michelle and I will go back through all our videos
0: that we've filmed through this. It makes me want to die. You have like a millennial 10 seconds. (laughs) Yeah, it's like a millennial gaping, yawning period of time where I'm just staring blankly at the camera before I say anything. But the millennial pause is particularly relevant when you can kind of see someone looking and be like, okay, I'm on. I'm on. <laughs> I'm on. And <laughs> Action. I, do I do it. I never knew that I did it. And then I watched these videos on TikTok and I read this article in the Atlantic and I had a full-blown personal crisis to go, I am becoming so aged out of the internet. So we're so irrelevant now. So you're no, trying to be like me. You don't do it. I, I did it a few times. We're going to
1: post a compilation <laughs> of our millennial pauses because I was piecing myself at our desk. I do this thing where I start inhaling as the video starts. So I'm kind of like, it's like a false start. I'm like already starting, (laughs) but I'm not saying anything. But I found it very funny because as part of the piece in the Atlantic, Lindsay interviewed this 24 year old TikTok creator called Michael Stevens. Now Michael Stevens has built a following by taking the piss out of millennials (laughs) on his account. And he was telling her the way the quintessential millennial behaves online is basically a bunch of Silly little nuances strung together to create a personality that is very giddy and excitable about the
0: normal or mundane. <laughs> This reminds me of, did you guys see this video of Nick Jonas on TikTok? And he goes, guys, I did a thing. Yeah, he that, bought a cake. That, no, yeah,
1: and, yeah, and he bought a cake. And everyone was like, this is the most embarrassing thing I've ever seen. <laughs> Annabelle, you are so bang on. Because the way that Michael Stevens explained these silly little nuances <laughs> cracked me up, Michelle, and you will find this so funny. He said it, it includes starting videos with a sigh, Using phrases popularised on Twitter and Tumblr like doggo, adulting and I can't even in real life also wins or won the internet. But the worst one is the doing dramatic zooms into their own faces for emphasis. Oh no! We do that on our TikTok videos for Shameless. We zoom in on our faces all the time for dramatic emphasis.
0: I thought that was cool. No, we don't cancel that was it.
1: Young people do. The zooms
0: cancelled. Oh my god. <laughs> I loved the I love the We need to poll the people. I actually really like the Zooms. You know what? Maybe it's time for me to read shit like this and go, oh millennials do this on the internet and go, I'm a millennial. I don't give a fuck. Like all but we do. <laughs> no, <laughs> because what's even more cringe than a millennial being a millennial is a millennial trying to be a Gen Z. I don't want to be that millennial who's trying to be super young and hang out with all the young, cool kids. I will lean into the dorky. And I'm not going to say doggo and adulting, but I will and lean pu- into... remember Papa? <laughs> I will lean in to the slightly cringe if that's what I need to do to get by. All right. All right. Well, that is, that is all I've got for you today. Thank you so much. And now it's time for...
1: <laughs> and that's my two cents.
0: Shitty little... Effect Kent or Ken, come so millennial of us to choose that. Sound come hither, quote. Uh, okay, what's your two cents, gal? Let's, ra- let's round this episode my out. My two cents. I have a very basic opinion, it's That's not right. exactly the most highbrow opinion I've ever uh-huh. had on this show. I'm in the either. mood. I just want to give a PSA out to any influencers, content creators, celebrities, public figures who might spend their time listening to Shameless. If you have a big profile online, my two cents is it is officially time for you to say goodbye to close friends (laughs) stories. You are not allowed to post things on close friends anymore. You are not allowed to risk it anymore. Now, if you're wondering why I feel so strongly about this, this week on Monday. Celeb Spellcheck, which is the influencer watchdog of Australia, posted a screenshot of influencer M. Davies' Instagram story. Now, this was a photo apparently with her fellow influencer, Lily Brown, the two women are friends They were going on holiday to Bali. Combined, they have 711,000 followers. A few. Yes, I did influencer following math. Well done. Now, this Instagram story was an awkward one. To be shared publicly because just about everyone under the sun is convinced that M. Davies was supposed to post this to her close friends and clicked the wrong button. Why? Because it was a photo taken in the front seats of a car, the two front seats, and it has a chocolate brownie wrapped in silver wrapping paper in it. Do you mean foil? Foil. Yeah. No! <laughs> no way. Let's pause. No Let's way. Talk about Hang on. <laughs> no way. <laughs> Yes, I do mean foil and I do mean a plastic covering on top so you could see the brownie visibly. It's okay. Are we all across how the brownie was wrapped in packaged? And also, like, (laughs) who cares? (laughs) So there's a brownie in it. There's also a text overlay from M Davies that reads... Are we going to regret eating this weed brownie on the way to the airport? Now, a reminder, these two were flying to Bali, which I just find is interesting context. So, Celeb Spellcheck got this screenshot within four minutes of it being posted before it was then promptly deleted. Her caption read, MD, in brackets, M-A, And Lil Brownie. Yes, (laughs) quite the play on words. (laughs) Quite good.
1: I mean, I'm interested in this because in the context of the end of last year, it was almost a year ago now where Nadia Bartel was filmed snorting a white substance. It was then sort of supposed to be posted to her girlfriend's close friend story. It went to the whole list of people instead. I am like – why are we do- why are we posting this on close friends
0: anyway it's too it's too stressful it's too fast and to loose for me I'm like the 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 margin for error here is too great this is the thing the risk that people are taking that public figures are taking to even successfully put this on their close friends is a big risk still like yeah they're your friends maybe you've got 20 30 40 50 people on there you're still putting a lot of trust in those yes. friends that they wouldn't send it to their friends who then send it to their friends and so on. Regardless, though, it is so easy to want to put something on close friends and your finger to move a little bit too much to one side (laughs) and put it to your public story. Why are we making this mistake? Surely the Nadia Bartel mistake from last year should have been... The last time <laughs> this happened in human history. You don't have a close friends list, do you? I don't. Um, no, no, I'm oh, not. I'm, a a, fan. I'm not on it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think I do, and I think you are both on it. But I never, I've never used it. <laughs> I think you both. It. I've never used <laughs> you it. Don't Why use would it? I? I can just
1: text you because in a group chat. <laughs> I know. No, I have one, but I barely use it. I just upload the odd like shitty sunset photo <laughs> if, I, if I don't think the whole world needs to see that.
0: Sometimes Ollie gets a mention on your close
1: stories too. Yeah if I'm uploading bad photos of him and I think that's yes. kind of mean but beyond that I mean we're hardly doing anything wild. I think the close friend story serves a purpose. If you're not a public figure. Yes or but no I actually I still think it serves a purpose. I just think like, if you're going to be doing naughty things, just put your phone down. <laughs> like just, just put your phone down. You can do that without filming it. I think that's the problem, not the close friends list.
0: Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Because I was going to suggest that if Lily Brown and M Davies happen to be listening, just use maybe Snapchat. <laughs> or no no snapchat no cameras they clearly want to document it zara group chats yes group chats perfect but snapchat have a group chat on snapchat then it expires within 24 hours and then you also know if anyone's screenshotted it because the app will tell you sorry i just haven't used snapchat in about 10 years (laughs) so millennial of me that i'm still on there i just i feel strongly about this i don't know why it keeps happening i don't know why young people are taking the risk and I would just like there to be a blanket rule now that we don't do this anymore so that we don't find ourselves in uncomfortable situations on Celeb Spellcheck. Luckily, thankfully, I will put this out there, M and Lily did take this in their stride. They got in on the joke. They started using Celeb Spellchecks, nicknames for them throughout their content for the next 24 hours or so. But it could have been way worse. This
1: is actually going to be an amazing Your Say Friday call out. Like what did you accidentally post on your close Instagram friends. story that should not have been on your close friend story? Because one of the best things we've ever done on this show is ask people when they accidentally went live on Instagram. <laughs> Do you remember that? Yeah. And I was sitting there just crying for all these poor people who just had these <laughs> traumatic things happen to them when they went live. So yeah. I think this is next frontier of this. What did you accidentally post on your main story that you didn't mean to? I love that so much. Guys, I think that's all we've got <laughs> So, what, what Finish on a high, hey. <laughs> finish, finish with the smarts. <laughs> that's what we do here at Shameless. Guys, that is all we definitely have time for. If you want to support the show, click follow on Spotify and on Apple. That helps other people find us and it's
0: good. It is good. Yeah, good point, Zara McDonald. What else to add? Not much. Thanks for listening. We love you. We'll be back in your ears next Monday. We will be back in your ears next Monday. Bye. Bye.